This is The Energy Show with REI Energy. Energize your investments and maximize your tax deductions. Here's Mike Maselli. My name is Mike Maselli, and this is The Energy Show with REI Energy, where we're energizing your investments and maximizing your tax deductions. Today, we've got a great guest, Ron Ness. Ron is the president of the North Dakota Petroleum Council. He's held that position since 1999. His primary function is governmental and relations in North Dakota. And he also serves as the industry spokesman and manages the association, which represents more than 500 companies involved in all aspects of North Dakota's oil and gas industry. Ron, thank you for coming on today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, Mike. So a lot of our listeners out there know that we've been involved in the Bakken uh, roughly since 19, excuse me, since 2011, uh, we've participated in over 900 wells in the Bakken under 47 different operators. Uh, Ron, kind of how we got into the Bakken, you know, we engaged Collie Gillespie, which was a national engineering firm, to do a world, uh, do an entire study of the basin, and we tried to go in and pick out areas that, that we thought were the best areas to, to basically invest in. We've made a number of acquisitions that, uh, where we bought producing properties. And uh, as I said, we're primarily a non-operator in the Bakken. But I just wanted to get your thoughts, and I'm very interested in them. You know, what makes the Bakken such a unique play? Well, Mike, it's all about the rock, and uh, this this Bakken rock, and, and the, of course the, the Three Forks, all the part of the Bakken petroleum system. But it's it's really just an amazing resource when you when you look at the uh, what we've done with technology in terms of, of the Bakken, and, and really, you know, since the onset in, in North Dakota on the North Dakota side of the border since 2007. But you know, just the changes that you've seen uh, in a well over well performance. Uh, starting in '11, you you thought you had some pretty pretty good wells you were under, but what we've what we've seen happen really since the downturn in, in 2014, 2015 is the the accountants have gone back and and do did what accountants do they they sharpen up their pencils they reduce costs they they required and implemented efficiencies, but what the engineers and the operators have been able to do uh, in terms of well over well performance. And, and you look at some of the top ten wells drilled in the Bakken, which were we're roughly a, a decade and a half into into Bakken development now. A majority of the top ten wells ever drilled in the Bakken have been drilled in the last year. And company over company, uh, their their better wells are being drilled now with with obviously uh, new and improved completion techniques, uh, the downhole ESPs. Uh, those things that are maximizing recovery out of this out of this amazing rock, and and I think uh, when you look at when you look at Bakken on a spreadsheet, Bakken versus other other great plays across this country, uh, right now the, the the Bakken is economically outperforming any of those other plays across the country, and uh, you know that's that's why we're we're seeing more investment come into the Bakken, and we're seeing companies, uh, major companies, bring more assets back into the Bakken. And, of course, uh, I think we've got great things to come yet. Well, you know, I'd really like to dive a little bit more into that because that is, you know, of course, we've seen similar type results. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the Bakken uh, still has room to grow. Do you consider it a mature reservoir today? Uh, actually, I, I do consider it uh, a mature reservoir, um, primarily because we're, uh, 
you know, we are we are increasing the core. Uh, we we had really settled into what we considered the core of the Bakken over you know probably 2015 to 2017. But in the last year, we've seen a, a fairly substantial expansion of the core. We we've moved back into some of these uh, other uh, some of these what we would call tier two type areas, and uh, with with the new complete completion techniques, some of the new uh, some of the new other uh, downhole utilization that we've seen and uh, those are those have become now what we consider core properties as well and um, so I think the maturity of the Bakken is really uh, applying the technology into the area it's not a uh, it's not a big exploration plane anymore it's more about figuring out that the density the well density the, the proper techniques you know we're starting to get more and more folks looking into enhanced oil recovery whether it's gas injection CO2, um, all of those types of things that I think come come with a more mature oil play. And, of course, we've, we've also been able to reduce the cost because of the efficiency of becoming a, a more more mature play. You know, I've been in the business for about 20 years and, you know, actually longer than that, about 30 years. And, uh, you know, we've been in the Bakken, as I said, since roughly 2011. And... Uh, do you, and I know you work with a lot of different companies that operate in the Bakken. Do you find that more oil companies today are trying to work with one another in order to improve, improve the overall results of the of the reservoir itself? Yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, we've got a number of committees, and uh, there's uh, we've got a, a technical solutions committee, which is really all the facility engineers who who uh, I think we've got 25 companies and 50. 50 engineers who sit at the table uh, once a quarter, and they they not only uh, look at what's how to optimize within their own operations, but they also bring in new ideas. It's almost a Shark Tank type uh, philosophy. And then, of course, we've got uh, one of the great research facilities, energy research facilities in the in the world, in the, the Energy and Research Environmental uh, Center at Grand Forks, North Dakota. And uh, there they have a, a number of consortiums, uh, one on enhanced oil recovery, one on CO2 utilization. We've got one now on uh, pipeline uh, technology. And, again, all, all of the producers, pipeline companies sitting together trying to improve improve operations. So, and, that, again, that's, that's part of, you know, everybody's kind of staked out their footprint now. It's, you know, let's just all go get better at it. Well, that's great because I think that, you know, helps everybody, including investors that invest with other companies in the Bakken, is to, is to know there is collaboration between the companies and how they're approaching the completion. Because in the first stages of any one of these unconventional plays, and, of course, we're active in Eagleford in South Texas and we're active in the Permian, and, of course, I have my reasons why I consider the Bakken to be one of the best plays, but... Uh, you know, in all of these plays, when they start out, I mean, it is more of a shotgun-type approach where basically you're just drilling wells, trying to figure out where the core is, and, you know, it greatly differs between operators on what their thoughts are on how wells should be drilled and completed. And and uh, so to hear that, you know, the companies are actually sitting down together, I think that improves the investment for everybody. Yeah, without a doubt, and, uh, you know, once you uh, move to uh, pad drilling and, and you look at the type of 
the type of infrastructure that we've developed in the Bakken and still still got a ways to go on, on some of that, certainly on, on the gas capture infrastructure. We're, we're growing, growing, growing. But, you know, at, at 1.44 million barrels a day and almost 3 BCF of gas, uh, the, the ability for these, these rigs in, in this formation now to, you know, not uncommon eight to eight to thirteen days to drill and complete one of these Bakken wells, or certainly to drill one of these Bakken wells. But um, it's, it's almost to me, it's almost all become about the completion now, and and everybody's still fine tuning that. But I I think the uh, the technologies are being shared more commonly, and, uh, and that's good for all. And and that that's evident when you look at the well over well performance of, of each operator. Well, I know we've been really pleased as far as, you know, we're starting to see more and more wells that will produce 100,000 barrels of oil in the first 90 days of production. So, uh, you know, the completion techniques are, are certainly getting better. How are the flare laws up in, in North Dakota as far as flaring the natural gas, or is a lot of it being sold now into pipelines? Well, we're, uh, our, our gas capture has been a, an incredible challenge, and uh, we're going to uh, we're going to bring out almost 850 million cubic feet of, of gas processing capacity here over the next 90 days, which is going to be a big help. Um, you know, and, and it's 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 still a challenge because uh, the the gas the gas uh, has increased almost 70 percent. Uh, the gas production has increased almost 70 percent over the past two years, and there's no way you can plan for that or build for that. And of course, along with those those bigger IPs of the wells, uh, we've gotten more gas. So um, that's a that's a big challenge. But um, I think we're we're moving in the right direction. We've still got uh, we've still got another uh, big round of of gas infrastructure that needs to be put in place. And of course, we've got we've got a, a number of challenges with a with a huge lake in the middle of the Bakken, which provides a great source for. Uh, Water, but also is a challenge to get across. We've got federal lands and tribal lands and rough terrain and things like that that kind of isolate some of these some of these areas of the Bakken. So uh, it's it's been a challenge. But I uh, we had uh, all the troops assembled here yesterday, actually, and uh, we are continuing to look at look at this. And we've invested 21 billion dollars as an industry into gas infrastructure in the last 10 years. So. Wow. Yeah, it's not like we haven't done anything. So uh, we want we want to capture that gas, and you you want that gas, and uh, so does the producer, and of course so does the the mineral owner. So uh, we're going to get that gas. It, it's just uh, it's a continuing challenge. I know it's a big it's a big endeavor to, to try to get natural gas out. I know that's a big problem that they're having out in West Texas, just trying to you know. In, in some cases, they had to pay the company to take the gas so that because they had so much natural gas and such a restriction on you know pipelines in order to get it out of the basin itself now one thing about the Bakken of course is has been the differential price we've seen swings in it I think it's gotten a lot better now uh, is that primarily because of the new pipeline takeaways that you can a- able to move the oil out of the basin well I, I certainly uh, you know the differential uh, had, had been a significant deal but it really became a a game changer that the Dakota Access Pipeline, of course, uh, moving a half a million barrels of Bakken oil a day to the Louisiana Gulf Coast, uh, that immediately changed and, and decreased that differential and, and put us, um, for a while, put us in a competitive advantage almost over some other basins. Uh, we've slipped a little bit now because we've seen our production grow, but there's a hearing coming up here in the next month that 
uh, energy transfer partners will will with compression alone uh, take that pipeline from half a million barrels a day to 1.1 million barrels a day of, of Bakken wow. Bakken barrels going to Louisiana Gulf Coast. You've also got the uh, the true companies looking at uh, a project for about 200,000 barrels a day going going. Um, I think it goes west down into Wyoming, and then it connects back into uh, into other markets. But um, and then, of course, we've still got our enormous rail capacity uh, that's primarily being utilized now for you know uh, liquids and other other commodities. But we've always got that able to flex up and flex down. And currently, in a lawsuit with the state of Washington, of course, they they don't they don't they don't seem to think we should allow a fossil fuels to pass through their state on rail and I I think the I think the federal government's going to have a thing or two to say about that but uh yeah. that, that's we actually supply the uh the west coast refineries in Washington state with a tremendous amount of their oil and uh if they don't get it from us they're going to get it from Libya or other places across the world so uh it's kind of crazy to think that we'd uh, we'd do that to ourselves in this country but uh I think I think we're going to win that lawsuit yeah, it's but, amazing uh, some of the and, uh, yeah. politicians, you know, and some of their Green New Deals and stuff, which, you know, even, you know, in, in my opinion, the U.S. oil industry is, is probably one of the heaviest regulated industries, you know, out there. And so, uh, you know, I don't know where a lot of these people come up with these thoughts on, uh, you know, emissions and stuff like that, because I do think that the U.S. takes great steps in order to, to uh, monitor all of that. Well, uh, you know, I, I recently wrote an op-ed on that regarding the, the presidential candidates who are all talking about banning fracking and banning exports, banning imports and offshore uh, exploration and, and what that would mean to our country. And it's borderline just, just crazy to, to think that we would put ourselves, A, in a position of being subservient again to other parts of the world that don't like us much, but let alone the, the economic drivers and, and just the raw fact that uh, we have become an energy powerhouse. Yeah, speaking of that, I'm troubling, I think. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of that, I I think, you know, these recent drone attacks that, you know, were happened over in Saudi Arabia, I mean, it barely moved the price of oil. And when it did move it, it only lasted a couple of days. And and is that primarily because of the shell revolution that we have here in the U.S.? uh, There is absolutely no question about that, Mike. Uh, That was a blip. And uh, being on the end of the of the of the product pipeline in North Dakota in the fall during agriculture season, any time uh, something dramatic happened in the Gulf Coast or across the world, and and those refining barrels barrels refined in in Louisiana Gulf Coast were limited, uh, we kind of got the short end of the stick up here, and we'd run out of we'd run out of product. So um, the fact that we're now supplying uh, that Louisiana Gulf Coast with a half a million barrels of Bakken oil a day and soon to be over a million barrels of Bakken oil a day uh, is incredibly important uh, to the state of North Dakota and the consumers of energy in this state because we felt the impacts of that long after those issues were resolved because, of course, those barrels went to Chicago, they went to Atlanta, they went to places of, of, of nearer demand that, that were, you know, uh, could pull those barrels. So... Um, it's a big, big deal. You know, you said a little bit earlier that the Bakken's producing over a million four hundred and fifty thousand barrels of oil today. How does that uh, the Bakken compare to other oil fields in the world? 
Well, I, I, I like to say I think if uh, North Dakota was a country, we'd be uh, around the uh, 17th largest oil producing country in the world. Uh, we're the fourth, uh, we're the fourth state ever to uh, surpass a million barrels a day, and now we, we've been there for five, five plus years. Um, and of course, uh, you look what's going on in the Permian, and, and that's just uh, simply amazing. Of course, but it, we're we're doing this now with about 55 drilling rigs. Prior to the downfall in 2014, we had 185 drilling rigs in the Bakken. Uh, the, the efficiency of these rigs today to drill essentially three wells and three Bakken wells in a month versus what would have been one in a in a month plus just four or five years ago is is absolutely incredible. So um, you know we we think we've got a lot of uh, we've got a lot of upside yet in terms of growth, and uh, there's a lot of inventory left. If you're a if you're a baseball player, maybe maybe we've uh, thrown out the first first pitch of the fourth inning or something like that in terms of where we're at, where we think we're at in the, in the Bakken with what we know in terms of technology today. So um, it's pretty pretty amazing what uh, what's going on here, and, and these wells and this tight shale are going to produce for decades and decades, and it's really just a factor of how do you re-stimulate them. And, and one of the things that we've seen, refracts have worked extremely well, sometimes not only uh, for the primary well or the parent well, but you get a you get a additional stimulation on the child wells. Uh, so we think refracts are going to play a critical role in some of these fields going forward. But, but ultimately, uh, in this tight rock, I, I still think that uh, rich gas or a combination of rich gas, CO2, something to uh, immobilize more of that oil out of this just incredibly saturated Bach and rock is, is the way to go, and it's what we're going to see. And how does the cold weather, uh, or the cold winters, I say, you know, impact production in the Bakken? Well, we've gotten uh, we've gotten pretty handy at operating uh, throughout the cold winter, and I I would uh, I would guess that I've got a bunch of producers that would tell me we'd be really happy to have it cold right now and frozen because uh, we've had an extremely wet summer and fall and uh, road conditions when when uh, when it gets really wet the 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 counties shut down the roads, so we've had a lot of shutdown days, which is going to probably impact our our September production because of uh, because of the wet roads. So, um, but but for the most part, uh, just like the the drilling rigs and everything else have been specially designed for the Bakken, um, the operators have fully been able to uh, winterize their their operations and uh, make sure they've got equipment on site and. You know, some of that stuff slows down a little bit, but really, uh, it's continued. We haven't seen that big decline that we have uh, historically in the winter. Now it's it's become more of a it's kind of a time to get a few things done and get some equipment moved on those frozen roads. So it's actually better for you know the roads to be frozen when the wet season because obviously you can move your heavy equipment on it a lot easier. And as you said, you know a lot of the roads get shut down, so that impacts drilling, it impacts workovers on wells and and stuff of that nature. Absolutely. So again, when you look at the Bakken going forward, say five or ten years from now, do you see a lot of new companies coming into the Bakken, or as you said earlier, a lot of companies have their areas staked out now? I mean, is, is is there opportunity for new companies to come in? Well, I I think that's one of the one of the very intriguing things that uh, you know we have not uh, seen a lot of aggregation of, of properties, and I I. 
I would have thought that you know we would have seen some consolidation of of the operations on a larger scale than we have. And uh, I, I think primarily what's happened is you've had a lot of companies uh, want to maintain their footprint in the market and want to maintain operations. Some of them had. Uh, you know, moving moving a lot of their resources and concepts down to the Eagleford, down to the Permian, we're seeing some of that now come back as the improved economics and the and the recovery rates in the Bakken. So, um, you know, I I still think that that efficiency and and all of those things uh, probably lead you to consolidation of these operations. But um, so far, we we're still um, still running with a, a whole big variety of operators from large to large to small to, uh, you know, uh, regional-type folks. But uh, I, I think there's al- always opportunity here, and certainly you're going to have some 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 properties that are, uh, you know, mm-hmm. folks are moving in, moving out. But it's been pretty quiet, actually. Yeah, it seems like that uh, production is just continuing to grow and, <laughs> you know, and be steady so with, a, with a small number of rigs, like you said earlier. Uh, as far as the break-even price, I guess for Bakken, uh, what do you consider that to be? Well, I'm 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 not a fan of break-even price because you tell me your your debt ratio and and you know your your availability of cash on hand and what you're looking at and where else you've got uh, opportunities and that that's kind of a that's kind of your break-even price. So I I'm not a big fan of uh, anybody going out and saying this is your break-even price, but. To me, the break-even price is uh, based more upon how many barrels you're getting out of an individual well, and when I drill that well and that well economics. But you know, I, I think that you know you could you could look throughout the Bakken, and I suspect you're in that sub forty dollar range. Uh, but I, I personally don't spend a lot of time on it because I, I I deal with enough operators that I know that they've they've all got a different uh, yeah. different cash flow scenario. So well, the, well, my the thought- real yeah. My thoughts are close, close to what you're saying, you know, that sub-40 yeah. range, I guess, because, you know, once one of these wells are drilled, I mean, you're not going to shut it in, obviously, and it's online and producing, and, you know, you can produce the wells actually down even, you know, lower than that. Now, as far as drilling new wells, you know, I, I, I think, you know, we've seen costs come down, right, in the drilling of new wells and in the completion cost. Yeah, we absolutely have, and, I, you know, I... I did an interview the other day, and I was asked about the the price, and I I said, you know, we, I I think industry is cruising along right now, but the economic health of the industry, uh, in 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 terms of North Dakota, uh, really a a sixty two to sixty five dollar price is you know, a, maybe a, a sixty seven dollar price that you can you can uh, net out of sixty dollars the entire health of the industry from top to bottom. The service providers, the the, the, the non-ops, the producers, the, the royalty interests, uh, the state, everybody that that relies on that, that would be a uh, a nice landing spot, I will say, for for a long time if we could land there. And you know, we we haven't been that far from that, but we could we could uh, we could tolerate uh, another ten ten dollars uh, plus. Yeah, I don't think anybody would be unhappy with that, <laughs> especially no. if you're in the oil industry. Uh, right. Because, uh, but, you know, I, I do think that overall the Bakken has been a great play for us. Uh, you know, we're still very active in it, and uh, I certainly appreciate having you on the show today, Ron, and uh, I'd hope to have you back again. 
Well, Mike, we appreciate your investment, and uh, we hope to, we uh, certainly hope you'll uh, you'll you'll spend a little more of your your investment portfolio up here. And uh, we think the, the Bakken's a tremendous upside uh, yet to come. And uh, like I say, the best is yet to come. So um, let's hope that proves true. We've got a got a big uh, big trade show uh, industry show up here in, in next May. That'll be a great event. I hope to see you there. Yeah, that would be great. All right, thanks, Ron. You've been listening to The Energy Show with REI Energy. Energize your investments and maximize your tax deductions. To learn more, go to reienergy.com.